We're going to welcome Pastor Greg to come and speak. Pastor Greg is a great friend of our church. He's been following along with us, walking with us for many years, coming to visit and minister and teach and help. And he's been working with our leadership team all, all weekend. And we're so grateful that you're here, Greg. And so uh, why don't you join with me and welcome Pastor Greg to the stage as he comes. Thank you, Brendan. That's brilliant. I love that. Uh, oh, please, no. Please, no. Far too much. Be seated. Thank you very much. Uh, I won't need that. That usually gets in the way. I have a tendency to knock things over. Uh, but great being here. Hey, great worship, by the way. Wasn't the worship great? Oh, the worship team thought it was. I thought, <laughs> yes, we were, we were fantastic. No, it was really good. Uh, to me, that's just, as you said, Brendan, I think just carrying that presence. See, the only thing that concerned me was a, a comment you made mention about for our visitors, they wanted to go and redeem their coffee at the end of the service. And I had that quick thought, to redeem is to compensate for something that didn't go so well. And I was just wondering whether you were giving a coffee because you thought my message wouldn't go that well this morning. I was just want to get that clear. But uh, it's great being with you again, and thank you for having me. And um, I always feel very had when I come here, by the way, used and abused, which is probably not the right way to say it. But but it is, it's just like being with family, you know, honestly. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing about um, being a Christian, gathering as a church, is no matter where you go, whatever church you go to, that is family, which is awesome. And, and you know, I just want to make mention of two great family members, Phil and Karen McPherson, who have been great friends for a thousand years, or maybe 999, um, but a long time, and, and really appreciate these guys because they... Um, exemplary people, but also too incredibly faithful to serving in the house of God, not just in their own church, and but in their with their own family, but also other family and friends as well. So I want to say a special thank you to you guys too. So let's welcome these guys as well. So, but I've had a great weekend. I really have, and uh, I'm always watching the clock. But uh, pardon me if I don't see it as I go a little bit longer. But uh, you know, I love that last song. Is that you know our God is a miracle worker. And he really is. And I, and I want to uh, reinforce that statement to you. And, and again, there is a really great presence of God in this place. And in just a moment, and there's people online, I'd like to welcome those people online as well today and say thank you for watching and joining us. Um, but you may be at home watching, but you are not removed from what's taking place. So if you are watching online, and, and this morning, I, I want to pray for people. And it's not like I'm going to pray for everybody because... God's word is the power. It's not necessarily what an individual does. It said even Paul, even the handkerchief in which he had, he gave to someone and brought healing. The shadow of Peter as he walked by brought healing. It's our faith and our ability that God can. Amen? And again, we need to be embracing again when we sing a song, God's a, a miracle working God, is that he is a miracle working God. And he's not a, a um, someone you see on a, on a, on a, on a wall or a mural somewhere. No, no, he is real and he is powerful. And this morning I'm talking about just the whole idea and concept of having a spirit-led life, a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to actually step out of our natural zone into a supernatural zone to see incredible things happen. But repeat after me, my God can. My God can. My God can. My God can. You've got to believe that. And you're here this morning for most of us because our journey started at somewhere where we said, my God can save me. 
can give me life, eternal life, can bring change to my world and circumstance. And I want to encourage you today not just to, to come and do our, our, our Sunday duty of attending church, but you know what? This could be the Sunday that changes your life. It can turn impossible situ- situations around simply because God can. Close your eyes. And Father, I thank you that we can gather here. And Jesus, you came and gave your life upon that cross. It was the beginning of us finding a new way, being set free from our past and, and it's reestablishing a new relationship. Breaking out of old ways, breaking out of old habits, breaking out of things which have held us back. And also, Lord, bringing incredible power through the person of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here today, that through you, all things are possible. And in Jesus' mighty name, I pray that lives will be healed in this meeting for those people watching online here today also. God's power is not limited. And Jesus, you can do far more than we can ever imagine. All we have to do is be present and just apply the smallest seed of faith to say, yes, Lord, my God can in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask now if you have at all any, you need healing in your body at all, in any wall, small or large, to stand up. Just to stand up. If you need healing here today, no matter what it is. And what I'm going to ask, and maybe online you're watching with us as well, just stand up as well if you could, even in your lounge room or where you may be watching today. But what I'm going to ask, and is that great scripture which comes out of 1 Corinthians six nineteen, which says, do you not know uh, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You've been purchased at a price. So honour God with all of your being. And I believe and we, know, we understand the, the simple process of which is mentioned many times and, and Paul came along and he laid hands on the sick and they were healed. We understand that. We know that. We have read that so many times and Jesus laid hands upon them and they were healed. And I want to say here today that I could pray for everyone individually, but you know what? I don't want to take away from the opportunity of seeing that my God can, that when Jesus steps into your life and you release the person of the Holy Spirit who's been given to you, is that do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Everyone put your hand out in front of you. The day Jesus steps into your life, he doesn't step into a a small part of your life. He steps into your being. And one of the greatest personal revelations I had was one day when I was praying, I laid my hand upon someone who's about to pray, and the Lord said, whose hand is that? And I go, well, that's not a, a tricky question, or is it? Am I reading this right? And, and straight away I picked up on, if the Holy Spirit is in me, his hand is in my hand, and I am as just as effective, whether I'm preaching from the front or sitting at the back, if Jesus is the Lord of my life, if I lay hands on somebody, his hand is resting on them. Amen? My God can, Correct. If someone is standing right now and you're seated, if you're standing, you just stay where you are, but someone around you, I want you to stand along, just one person, and for that one person to lay their hands upon the person who is standing. I want you just to feel just one hand, just one hand on on your shoulder or on your back. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you?
You've been purchased at a price. So now honour God with all of your body. And I want to say this, the hand in which you are feeling on your body here today, if you need healing in your body, if you are at home and maybe you are with a family member, ask one of them to lay hands upon your body. If you are alone at home, just place your hand on your body. And in the name of Jesus, the hand resting upon that life, someone who knows Christ, who knows Jesus, within that hand is his hand, and his hand is resting upon your life. And in the name of Jesus, that name in which every situation, every illness, every sickness shall bow down. In the name of Jesus, right now, we speak this word. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that those people standing, whether at home or in this auditorium today, that the impression they are feeling upon that person's hand resting on their shoulder is your hand upon their life. And in the name of Jesus, let that impression not be an impression of a friend's hand, but be embraced that it is the hand of my God and my God can because he is a miracle working God. And let that healing begin now in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, team. Church is not a place that one person has supposedly all the power. We are collectively have the same power because we have the same personal relationship with the power giver, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to be talking to you and we'll be speaking out of starting with uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. And as I've said, the spirit life, I want to talk and walk through this because... I really believe that a lot of people, and so often I've heard over the years, people saying, look, you know, you know, I know God and I know Jesus and my Lord and the Holy Spirit is with me, but man, I just can't seem to, things just don't change. Stuff doesn't change. It remains the same in life. But here in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, it's really, it's the story of when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was saying this, and at verse, verse 4 it says this, on, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. I love this, that it was a command, not a suggestion, not, hey, do whatever you like with this thought. He, a command is something, it's something to hear, embrace, and act upon. He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, do not, do not leave this building today and not understand that your God can bring change to your world irrespective of your challenge. Amen? Things can change. Every time we gather, it is not, as I said, we're going through the process or, or mechanism of doing the right thing as a Christian. No, we are in a position to say, my God can, so Lord, I'm here that you can move in my life or in the lives of those around me. My God can. That's the mindset and that is where faith is birthed and released. We come here to be inspired, to be encouraged, to go out and release that which we have, which is the knowledge of Jesus. Amen. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised um, in, uh, that you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked the Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? 
Don't you love this? They've been hanging around with Jesus a long time. They've been seeing what He's doing. He's talking about the, the, the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the coming of what would happen. They still didn't get it. Sometimes you hear something once and you don't quite get it. There was a great survey done many years ago, and I love this survey because if a woman heard something seven times, she would never forget it. And we as men know, exactly right, Greg. My wife hears something seven times, she never forgets it. But uniquely enough, a man had to hear it 35 times. Something wrong with that equation, right? There's something terribly wrong with that. But I just want to say, ladies, just gloat in the glory that you only need to hear it seven times and you remember all things. Men, I'm talking to you quietly as the women are just appreciating that I thought we were far more skilled in this area. You may be, but gentlemen, I found this. When my wife says, babe, I can't believe you haven't got this. Really, how many times have we talked about it? 29. <laughs> Very simple. 29 times. And she goes, oh. but anyway, it paid off in my favour. But sometimes you, we need to hear things not once. Sometimes when we're believing God to move in our world to bring healing or bring change, you don't pray once, you just keep praying and praying and praying. And unfortunately, we go three strikes are out. I've tried it a couple of times, it hasn't worked. Never give up until you get what you've been believing and praying for. Perseverance is something which is a word we use but never apply. And I want to challenge you today, whatever the challenge you face, whether it's healing, whether it's finance, whether it's relationship, whatever it may be, embrace the concept and the mind that my God can, but also embrace, I'm going to push through. And I refuse to give up until I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living all of my days. That is a promise we embrace. So they asked him, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has set in his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The saddest day is in the church today, and I, I believe and thank the Lord there has been somewhat of a spiritual awakening because of COVID. So thank you, covid Interesting enough, but thank you. There has been an awakening where people has returned and, and even during these times of challenge, of isolation, of, of financial possible breakdown, relationship challenges, that even through this, it has awakened to people that life is more than what I'm doing now. There's something greater and it's a spiritual awakening which is happening globally. The pandemic was not isolated to a nation, but to a globe. And let me tell you, we are in one of the best places and positions on the planet, and that is in the house of God, not just to turn up to saying, isn't it great to be back at church? I'm loving that. But back in church with the mindset, the new mindset, my God can. My God can. And when we play our part in that relationship, things begin to, to change for our life. Galatians 5, verse 16 to 18, and this is talking about being in the Spirit, but now learning to walk in the Spirit. And I, I, I find this fascinating because there's three parts. It's being in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, but there's one other part that so many of us in, as Christians lose sight of, and that's keeping in step with the Spirit. 
And my point will come back really to that, is that how do we not only walk in the Spirit, but keep in step with the Spirit? But here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, not bound or restricted because of the law. Verses 24 and 25. Those who being in Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live or walk in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. As I said to you, as Christians, I, I've been, you know, I have that knowledge that the Holy Spirit's within me. I'm walking and knowing that He's with me, but things still don't seem to change. I'll show you in just a moment that the means of bringing change to our walk is because of we've learnt to keep pace with the Holy Spirit. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Reading through all Galatians, you can read that book, fantastic book, but as you read through there and what Paul is talking about, is something saying, and especially in these verses, there's this wrestle on the inside constantly. Is I, I know what I should do, but I don't want to do it. Basically, you're just born naughty. That's it. I mean, it's just got this bad, naughty streak. It's like, you know, you know, I should be, but no, I want to do it my way. And can I tell you, when you want to do it your way, you're definitely not walking with the Spirit because you're doing it your way. You're creating your pace, your life, your walk. I can remember my, my daughter now, who's she's 38, beautiful girl, gorgeous girl, great heart for Jesus. But I can remember when she was a tiny little baby. She was about maybe eight months and she was sitting on, 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 the, uh, on the little blanket and she had her toys there and she's in the lounge room and it was dad's turn to be watchful and careful, casting his eye over his daughter to ensure that she was okay and everything's okay while mum was cooking. Anyway, I was watching her and I was doing a few things and I ducked into the, the kitchen and she just learned to crawl. Amazing, just learned to crawl, just little steps, just little able to get the legs and the arms moving to go somewhere. Phenomenal. She loved it. Just a couple of little innocent little movements. Dad goes into the kitchen for a moment, five, ten seconds. I came back in and my daughter had gone from this wonderful little, she had toys, she had everything she needed here. But where did she go? To the pot plant where it had wood bark there and she was there and about to go, oh, in a moment of time, straight over there. She had it all here. But that pot plant looked really good. <laughs> and as soon as I walked in, she was like, with this bark, I'm going, if she puts that in her mouth, she could damage herself. She could kill herself. What negligent parents would do that? Well, she wasn't moving very fast and she's so angelic. She wouldn't do anything stupid like that. She was. And I went, nay. You know, that, that look like, Stunt Muller look like, huh, I've been caught out. And, and I said, no. And obedient, incredible obedience at about eight or nine months. Let go of it. And I came over and picked her up. Put her back in that very safe environment. Put her there. 
And she looked up at me like, I said, oh, I love you, little cutie, little pumpkin. She played, look at all these wonderful toys you've got. And you've got, you're rusk, you've got everything that you need. Mom's cooking dinner, she'll bring it back. You're going to just stay there, you'll love it. Dad just pops out for a brief moment. Within that moment, not 10 seconds, probably 7.3 of a second, straight back to that pot and again, in about to put this in the mouth. And at that, nay, but she didn't respond as she did the first time. She tried a new method. Yes, Dad? She tried that cute little angelic look. No. Can I tell you? In all of us, we just want to be naughty. What Paul is talking about here is saying there's this constant wrestle on the inside that wants to do. We have it here. God has given everything, given everything we need in a safe environment. But there's something for us. We just want to go and do it our way. And as a Christian, does that sound like any of you here? If I could lie on my back and I'd put my feet and my hands in the air right now. Because it sounds like life and the internal challenges we have. But Jesus says, you have salvation in me and through me. But also in that, I've given you, I've given you. Wait in Jerusalem because I'm giving you the Holy Spirit who will empower you to give you the ability that when you have that, I just want to, your conscience is alive and you'll know He'll never make you, but He'll reinforce to you, don't do that. Or do this. And the Holy Spirit was given to us to step in, to move through us, to empower us, but to improve our decision making in life. To actually make the right decisions in life. And as Paul goes through and talks through this whole scenario, he's really saying, guys, as much as you understand what Jesus has done, also remember The wrestle we have because of our sinful nature is that the Holy Spirit is empowering us to improve our position of decision-making, but also releasing His power into impossible situations which God can turn around in just a moment. So in all of this, how can we walk in the Spirit effectively? I'll get Cody. Cody, come here very quickly. Now, if, if Cody and I are walking along and we're having a chat... He's hearing everything, what I'm saying, on the basis of that we're keeping in step. Now, you just start walking. You probably heard me as you started to <laughs> move away. You, start, you heard my voice, but then it became softer. Not that I changed the, the, the depth or the loudness of my voice. It remained the same. But because you walked in front of where I was, that voice became softer to the point you couldn't hear it, correct? If you remain there, don't go anywhere. And I'm talking to you and I'm telling you about Same principle. What I'm saying to every single one of us, whether we're in the spirit, we need to refine the ability of understanding of how to keep in step with the spirit. You may hear part of the story, hear part of the understanding, but unless we have refined the art of keeping in step by keeping the pace with the Spirit, you may only have part 
of the message of the story the Lord is trying to tell you. And so often, thank you very much, Cody. Let's put our hands together for Cody. A brilliant Holy Spirit. Oh, I was the Holy Spirit right there. But thank you. But so often, if you just see a simple illustration, we can, if we don't, some Christians like, I'm in the Spirit, but they don't move. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit is always on the move. God is always moving. But it's up to us to learn the art of not just listening, but keeping in step with the Spirit. So how do we very quickly keep in step with the Spirit? Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to uh, 22, one of the most incredible stories. It's the Jesus starting His ministry, being launched out in His ministry to start for the next three years of basically preaching, moving and establishing the understanding amongst the people of why He had come. And it said then, when all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as He was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. What can we learn from this, this lesson? And to me, when I read that and thought about, well, how do you keep in step with the Spirit? And I thought, well, what did Jesus do? Remember, for 30 years, Jesus was obedient to that which had been spoken of him, uh, to the law. He did everything, but he didn't do anything notably different than anyone else. Yet he was the Son of God for 30 years, correct? His life story, the, the narrative of his life starts, is seen at the beginning, is highlighted for a brief moment at the age of 12, but doesn't appear until the age of 30. But here... It starts with an incredible journey, but I think it starts and helps us set us up as it set Jesus up to fulfil all that He was called to do. So again, I see this simply as that, how do we keep in step? What did Jesus do to keep in step with the Spirit that He aligned Himself to that which the Father had wanted Him to do and to stay on target to fulfil His purpose in life? Amen. The very first thing he said there, it says there, when all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And I go, wait a minute. What's unusual about that? I mean, when I look at that, I see Jordan. Jordan will know this, the great theological mind that he is. But he'll, he'll look at that and say, that's incredible, Greg. Can't you see the revelation that is dripping from these few verses or this verse here? Correct? Thank you very much, Jordan. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. Wait a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, He was without sin. What was the baptism all about? It was a baptism of repentance. Jesus is without sin. Why is He being water baptised? Have you ever thought about that before? Didn't see, this is how he started his ministry. This is the very first act of what he does to start his ministry to release his purpose and the fulfilment of what the Father had said. His first act was simply an act out of obedience. Isn't that incredible? Jesus starts what Luke is, is highlighting and, and the other gospel writers are highlighting is that Jesus started his ministry out of one thing, Obedience. How about you? Oh, we're not talking about me right now. You know, like, I mean, that word obedience, I mean, I, 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 I just don't like 
those things on the side of the road called speed indicators or speed, speed zones. These are the speeds you should be traveling through this zone. I don't like them. But can I tell you, unless you abide by them, you'll get on the wrong side of the Lord. Your journey will be delayed. You may be losing something called your vehicle to move forward unless you obey according to what you see to guide you to get you to your destination. You see, something on the internet. Does anyone else have trouble like, you know, speed limits, are, for whatever reason, local government have got all the speed limits all wrong. That's how, that's how I view it. They're all the wrong. They need to be multiplied by another 10 or, you know, whatever it is. But in there, the thing that we have lost sight of, again, is that obedience is an incredible part of learning to walk in the Spirit. What is the obedience? Obedience is simply making a decision to go, you know what? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to, get, again, obedience is I'm going to be obedient to the Word. What does Proverbs chapter 3 say? Proverbs says um, simply about, again, not walking in the Spirit, but against obeying, again, trusting, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and then your paths are made straight. Interesting, the word paths there, to journey forward. A lot of Christians lose their path forward, their journey, on the basis that they lose connection with the person who is your guide. We think we're driving, but we should be co-drivers and let the Holy Spirit be the one at the wheel. Learning to be obedient. Jesus was obedient. The first thing he does was simply going, I'm going to be obedient to what was spoken of me. And what was spoken of me was that I shall be fulfilling. I shall do the, everything that had been written about him. What was Jesus doing? Coming up with his own game plan? No. He was fulfilling that which was spoken about him by the Father concerning his future. Question I ask you again, what about you? I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Simply... The Word of God is one of the best instructional guides on the planet of how to live your life effectively. Being disobedient to things in which it communicates basically puts you in a place where you slow down, get off track, or completely miss the possibility of what God has for you. Can I encourage you today, drawing this to a close in just a moment, is simply a, Jesus and we We'll walk in the Spirit. And as you can see, Jesus launches out on his ministry because he firstly says, I choose to be obedient. And obedience is truly going, I trust God. I trust my Father. What did we do at the beginning of the service? We said, my God can. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that online? We need to embrace an understanding. It's not just a statement we have on Sunday. It's a lifestyle we embrace and take hold of. If you need to be healed, I am healed. What do you do in your life? Lie down and do nothing. No, stand up and get on to life and let the healing take place. You move into your future, not by being stationary, but learning to keep in step. And the Holy Spirit never stops. It's just working out how. Obedience is the first thing. The second thing, very quickly, the second thing that keeps us walking and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is that, and when Jesus, and when the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. Jesus Himself, gosh, He was people-focused. His purpose were people. You know what interferes with our walk with God, keeping in step with God? Obedience, correct. 
Secondly, we become supreme focus. But Jesus didn't think about his future. He didn't think about the cross. He knew the cross was coming. He knew the outcome. He knew all his friends. would. He knew all of these things, yet it didn't deter him moving forward. You see, our current situations can pull us, can stop us, can hold us back or take us off on a path we should not walk. The Holy Spirit will never make you do anything, but you will know what you should do simply by obedience and not getting caught and consumed by the all-consumer of all things called self. When you start to think, people, and I was chatting with a few people the other day, they said, look, you know, I have this, this illness. I said, well, you should be praying for people who are sick. They go, yeah, but I need to get healed first. No, no, no. Think of others, give, and then you receive. Start doing it with others, then things change in your world. And unfortunately, we are a consumeristic society. We consume everything. I need, when I have enough, then I do. Incorrect. Jesus gave his life before, remember, there was a death before there was a resurrection. And I want us today to embrace a simple understanding that if I want to keep in step, if I want to hear God with clarity, if I, if I want to allow the fulfilment of the purpose of God in my life, I need to again re, reignite obedience in my life, choosing to trust God, irrespective of what I face. And I will not be consumed with my circumstance. I need to manage it, but I'm still focusing on others. See them. As a priority, as soon as you do that, something is freed from you. And finally, the last point, and I'll close with this. His life was immersed in prayer. And then it says at that moment, when he came out, then heaven opened. Then the Holy Spirit came upon him. Then he was led by the Spirit. Obedience, seeing others more important than yourself, and basically immersing your life in prayer will keep you in step. With the Spirit. Amen. Again, you know, like I have that the gift in which I pray for people and prophesy over people, but honestly, I don't feel to do that this morning. I feel if one thing we need to embrace an understanding of my God can, and your life shall be transformed and changed because of what you face. And it is to repurpose you, as we spoke of last night, and it shall. Not diminish, restrict, but it shall multiply and increase for the benefit of others as well as yourself and your family. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And today I want to encourage you, why don't we change our outlook in life and start to see that my God can. We sing about miracles. Let's embrace the position of like, I'm in the right place. I'm choosing to walk with God. And when you walk with God, let me tell you, you could end up in some incredible places and positions in life. You never thought that they will be as amazing as they will be as challenging. But guess what? When you're walking with God, when you're walking in that relationship, when you are keeping in step, all things are possible in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Why don't we close our eyes? And also, too, you may be watching online here today. This service and every service I do, I would very much do this because we gather together, not just together to come together and be together because it's the right thing. We come together because we believe it empowers us. 
But also too, it can be one of the greatest opportunities for any and every single person in this place today. And really that is to establish and start your journey in a relationship with Jesus Himself. Jesus came, was obedient to the Father's plan of the purpose of regaining position that all men, all humanity, all men and women, old and young would have an opportunity of knowing a new way, a new life, a better way, a better life. And that would come through the death in which Jesus would put his life on a cross so that we would have life. So today I'm asking you in this auditorium and whether you're online as well with us, maybe you have never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never said, Jesus, come into my heart. Or maybe you haven't for whatever reason you've stepped away in that relationship. And you know you're not in that rightful place. You're not there with God. You stepped away. Today I'd love you to possibly take that greatest invitation which is offered to every single one of us today and that is to say Jesus be the Lord of my life I don't know where you are personally in that relationship with Jesus I have no idea but he knows exactly where you are so in just a moment I'm going to ask people to raise their hand if you've never given your life to Jesus here in this auditorium online as well to raise your hand not to me but to him to say, Jesus, step into my life. And to also say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, or if you have and you've stepped away in that relationship from the Lord, why don't you raise your hand now? Just say, Pastor Greg, that's me. I'm, that's me. I need to get my life right with God. I need to get back on track. I need to get back in that place of relationship with Him. Anybody at all this morning in this room, please don't hesitate. Take the greatest opportunity offered to every single one of us. I've always said this. If I'm wrong, you've got nothing to lose. But if I'm right, you've got everything to gain. And I'm also saying to people online here today, if you've raised your hand, I can't see you raising your hand, but he saw your hand. And whether you're in this auditorium and, and maybe you're still thinking about that, that's why I never push this moment or, or again, allow it to be a moment which passes so quickly. Because sometimes people just need a little bit more time to make that decision. But it is the greatest decision that we can make by asking Jesus to be the Lord of our life. So right now, if you have done this online and Ray, there's, a, there's a, a hand on the bottom of your page that you'll be watching online, a little hand, just tap on that and someone will chat with you about that decision about making Jesus to be the Lord of your life. But we're all going to stand right now in this auditorium. And please at home, if you're watching, please stand with us as well. Because I want us all to pray this prayer, church. And it is a prayer I would pray countless thousands of times because it is a prayer I made 42 years ago but I will pray this prayer not because I did it once but to remind myself to hear the words in my own mind that Jesus is the Lord of my life so let's 
Repeat these words after me right now. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me, to save me, to make me one with you. And right now, you are the Lord of my life and I am saved and I am made whole in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you've heard all of our voices here today in this auditorium online and that prayer resonates within the throne room of heaven. But Father, today I thank you for every single man, woman and child in this place, that their life is firmly within your life and in your hands as we trust you. And Lord, why don't we lift our hands just in these final moments, lift our hands. In this atmosphere, there is a miraculous ability to touch, to bring release. Father, there is healing which we have prayed for in this atmosphere. There is release in relationships in this atmosphere and also online. There is a power which comes through the person of the Holy Spirit, which is bringing healing, reconciling relationships, even supernaturally, releasing financial, where there has been a bondage, an inability to break through financially or not enough. Father, there is a release now in this atmosphere, financially for every single person. In Jesus' name, you are the healer of our minds, our bodies, and our emotions, that there is healing for minds in this place, for emotional pain and trauma of the past in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let the miracles begin in your house let your name at the name of Jesus at everything opposed and standing in the way of every single individual in this house and online bow down to the name of Jesus and let the miracles begin In Jesus' name.